Press go live. It says going live. I think... I th oh, my goodness. I think... Everyone, I think we're live. We got we got cancelled by YouTube. I think the algorithm got us somehow. Uh, I'm so sorry about that, and the link is updated. Hopefully everyone's going to find us in the right link. That's probably wiped out our numbers for the start of the year. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, James Bennett is here. Hello, James. Hello. Shamai. Shamai. Kreisoi <laughs> Rail Natter. Yeah, Um Yeah, this, this is it. People can hear it. They can, they've can. they got, hopefully got visuals. Oh, everyone, I'm so sorry about that. I don't really know what happened. I, I think, well, I kind of do know what happened, and I think partly I broke it. Um, but, but it's fine. Uh, probably, uh, oh, for anyone who's not got the video, do a quick refresh, and it should work, and you should be live. People are saying it's live. You, no, don't worry, everyone. You weren't doing anything wrong. I think I know what, how I broke it, but but it's fine. Um, people in YouTube are very confused about what's happening, but Deirdre is fixing them up, and and uh, people are. It's it's fine. Um, there we go. I'm just going to send a new. Oh no, I don't want to send the. I just nearly pasted my my uh, stream key to, to onto Twitter. That was probably a bad plan. Uh, in any case, no, I'm not in face mode. The reason I'm not in face mode is because it's the start of the show, and we don't do face mode until post intro credits that's that's the way the format works in any oh you know what oh, we can do that oh no we're not going to what i'm going to focus we're going to press on with the news uh welcome to rail now we're going to have the news so uh yeah, covid is still happening but this is all of all of 2020 covid uh we've got to the end of the year and wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute let me just do a thing which is this and this uh there we are uh, I now have a Wacom. Um, I'm waving around a pen that I'll show you when the screen cam thing goes up. Yeah, so um, so yeah, uh, cycling went well. Look, cycling going well. And um, uh, everything else did not, uh, as you can see. So, um, so we've had, yeah, it's probably the most incredible graph in terms of transport trends, probably the most incredible graph in transport history in the UK, honestly. Um, uh, Roaming Adcrat, I think we are working. People can, it is here. Um uh, there we go. Um, yes, it's all it's all happening. So um, that's COVID. I, we're going to do. I'm going to do a, a, a rail natter about this and generally picking out railway trends because it's just bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. But you can sort of see people are saying, "Oh, the railways. You know, people aren't using them anymore." No, that's because we had a national lockdown. And then we had the rule of six, and then we had another national lockdown, and then holiday measures. Uh, and you can see as as you kind of trace under good grief. I'm getting used to this thing. Um, you can sort of see. Every time there's a lockdown, you can see the impact it has on everything. You know, there's rail disappearing off down again. Anyway, quite interesting. Next, news item. Oh, it's an interesting one. Uh, it's some green on green action. The Green Party of Scotland, the Scottish Greens, have published a really interesting little um, strategy. This is the first time any national party has done this in recent history um, in the UK, which has published a strategy for rail. Um I don't know. Have any of the Welsh parties done a rail strategy, James? Have any of them done it? But actually published it as a as a party rather than in government. Uh, I don't think so. I think obviously they've included um, items in manifestos before that I I've picked up, but um, nothing specific like this. The only other thing I can think of was when Labour published their white paper last year covering um, their plans for the future structure of the railways. But yeah, it's a really interesting read, and um, it's good. I think. Yeah, obviously, speaking in my own personal capacity, um, you know, there, there are definitely some interesting ideas there. And I think they're doing it the right way, as you said, on 
on Twitter, they're not saying, here are some old railway lines we'd like to reopen. It's here are these places that we'd like to connect to improve their connectivity, which is, you know, thinking about it in a more strategic way, which is something that, you know, we're doing with, with the metros as well get on to later yes we'll get on to so uh, probably the most exciting thing was um the fact that we got this new uh, this this new tunnel proposal which a lot of people have gone oh why do you need that for but actually it's, it's really quite a clever idea and i would recommend people to have a little think about it because um i'm not going to say anything more about it because i think i'm going to talk more about it uh, in a few rail matters in any case uh, read all this stuff it's 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 great um uh, the most the best thing about this report is the shade that the scottish green parties uh, so the, the the scottish greens uh, the shade they have been sh- throwing on to the um, they, they, they are not the oh wait a minute this, this is what I need they are not the same as uh, the, the Green Party of England and Wales uh, why did I do England and Wales the only round there in any case um, the, the best bit is this where they really slag off the, the Green Party of England and Wales when they say um, people get in the way of new high speed lines anyway it's, it's all good fun stuff Um what else is in the news? Uh, what else is in the news? Yes, uh, Cambridge Autonomous, Cambridgeshire Autonomous Metro, uh, once again, one of my nemesis projects. Mott um, McDonald's have um, been awarded the, the contract to progress this thing. Four billion plus joke. Um, yeah, so uh, so that's, uh, that's one to watch and, and enjoy. What else is in the news? What's coming up? Uh, let's, let's, what else? Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Tim is back. I'm Tim Dunn, and all my life I've been fascinated by the railway buildings of the world. Wow. From abandoned tunnels and state-of-the-art stations. The key word from the architects was light and air to eco-friendly funiculars. What a spectacular view. And fully functional roundhouses. I am ridiculously excited about turning this train round. In my brand new series, I'll be embarking on a journey far and wide. Uncovering their intricate designs. When it was built, the Connell Bridge was the largest single-span steel bridge in Britain. Their ingenious functions. That's harder than I thought. And their remarkable stories. The final assassination attempt on her life happened right here. Crikey. Discover the history behind the architecture the railways built. This is a thing that is in the landscape to stay. Starts Tuesday the 19th of January, new and exclusive to yesterday. That's it. Tim Tim is back, everyone. <laughs> um, hopefully all of you have seen the ad. Uh, I'm very excited. This was like lockdown. I don't know about you, James, but this was like what kept us sane in the first part of lockdown last year was um, was, was catching up with Tim on Tuesday nights. So, um, yeah, 8 p.m. Tuesday night. Uh, next Tuesday, in fact. Uh, Tuesday the 19th. So the night before Rail Natter. That's the way you can all remember it, obviously, that way around. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, go watch that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Connell Bridge as well. Oh yeah, so nice. Definitely looking forward to seeing that. I've been over it in the car. Shame I can't be over it in a train. That's one of my sort of top five lines that should never have closed. I know it didn't really serve much of a an it, economic it's very purpose. Scenic. But it's, it's it would have been good if it had connected up through to. Um, it would be very useful if it connected up through to Fort William, and that's kind of what the original plan was. In fact, it was originally planned to go up to. Oh, anyway, you'd have to wait until the the Connell Bridge rail matter oh, for right. all this. Oh. <laughs> in any case, right, what else is in the news? Oh, nothing. We're at the end of the news. Oh, that was cheeky to chuck that in the news, but I did it in case people switch off at the end. So if I put it at the end, people might miss it. In any case, we're here to talk about TFW, uh, or rather, should we say, uh, Travnidiaith Cymru. Is that right? Yeah, that's spot on. Nailed it. Um, uh, yeah, so um, 
so basically, that's that's what we're, we're, we're specifically going to be talking about the South Wales Metro. So, uh, which you're going to be able to talk about um, after we've done the intro, uh, because uh, that's the way the format works. I'm still. It's everyone. Welcome to the professional rail network. Twenty one twenty one. In any case, um, without further ado, James, we're going to talk to you momentarily. But uh, welcome to tonight's rail natter, everyone. I'm waving manically. <laughs> Actually, just a second. You just, I'm just going to double check. While I'm here, I did do it right. I did do it right. I just had a moment of panic. As I say, professional show. I had a moment of panic, but I hadn't updated the opening sequence. But I have, so it's fine. Welcome to Nice Rail Hour, everyone. the Intercity 225 fades out, uh, we come to, actually, we can come to, to our our faces side by side. Uh, James, hello, hello, welcome, hello. welcome to the show. Oh. Ah, I just need to breathe now. Thank you for having me. It's um, a pleasure. Yeah. It's weird to see my name up in lights, given that I've been watching this for, for several <laughs> months, watching other people in my feed now. It's a it's a pleasure to have you on, and you're talking about a subject that's going to be that's that's very interesting. A lot of us have been following um, quite closely, uh, and are in, but it, but perhaps without knowing exactly kind of how it's going to evolve, and and um, so this is going to be fun. Um, and without yeah, but so like the start. I tell you what, first of all, tell us uh, tell us what you do, James. Tell us what your role is, and and who you work for, and and what you're not, uh, how it all fits in. So I work for Transport for Wales. Um, I'm a communications officer, so my focus is on external communication. So things like um, writing press releases, uh, liaising with the media, imagine our social media channels. That's the, the that's the Transport for Wales social media account rather than the Transport for Wales rail services social media account. They've got a separate team. We're fantastic and um, manning that uh, day and night. Um, and doing occasional presentations and, and cool stuff like this, which I want to do more of in 2021. Um, and, and also we're going to be launching a blog soon, which will have lots of interesting content on. Ah, um, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Doing stuff on. There'll be a mixture of stuff that we're doing at Transport for Wales, plus some of the history of the rail network, which is kind of my passion, really. It's, oh, I, love, uh, I love all of that stuff. So that's, yeah, because I think social media, kind of rail industry social media has been a bit of a kind of a massive success story in my eyes i'm looking forward to kind of exploring it a bit more this year it'd be quite good to get someone in who's led one of the kind of kind of um maybe what led one of the earlier comms teams i'd be interested i have to dig back through and see who were some of the first to to take it on maybe it was one of the original virgin kind of teams actually perhaps but it was quite interesting to track that so yeah it's, it's interesting to see how it's evolved and and sort of some of the best practice particularly related to to infrastructure actually obviously you know network rail quite a few of the network rail accounts are really quite good um in terms of the South Wales Metro, if I go, if I if I whiz myself back to back to our slides, oh, you can hear the. Weirdly, we can hear the uh, the end of the music fading out. Let's not worry about that too much. That's just me not clicking things in the right order. If we go back to, let's get our little faces up in the corner. Here we are. We're up in the corner. Oh, we are covering up uh, Caldecott Station, but we don't need to worry about that too much. Um, so this this 
this here is an image I did ages ago when um, the M4 relief road was, road was cancelled. This, this stupidly pointless M4 relief road was can, canned off. And it was a suggestion of some of the things that could happen. Uh, so this is me just looking at one aspect. This isn't the whole of the South Wales Metro. This is just one little aspect. And this is me basically playing with what, what it could look like. Given that this is mostly a four-track, in some cases more than that, corridor, interesting to look at what it was. And and so that's kind of where I... And then a lot of people said, well, this kind of includes some of it. And I'd heard of the South Wales Metro. And then enter, enter you coming in and saying, well, you know what? I can talk about the progress related to that. Um, and then you and so so to, to to kind of annotate that here is a picture of a building, um, building our yeah. first picture. We're going into your slides. This is a building that it's got. When again, we got audio describe. Looks fairly new. It's got red and orange and and yellow on it, which uh, which is nice. Uh, yeah, tell us about it. What's what's going so, on here? Yeah, so these are actually two buildings. Um, the one on the left hand side that is the new Transport for Wales headquarters. Uh, this whole complex is called Lease Cadwin, which is chain close. Uh, named after the Brown Lennox chain works that were nearby where um, they made the chains for some of the big ships, including um, the Great Eastern. It's the, you know, the famous photo of your favourite engineer is about Kingdom Brunel. It's stood in front of those chains. <laughs> ah, the so chain chains works. were made in Pont de ah, I see. So, nice. yeah. yeah, so it's just around the corner from me. I live I live here now. Uh, I'm around the boy originally, so from just up the road. <laughs> but yeah, this whole new development's replacing a, a 1960s shopping centre uh, and the yeah, that one you're, you've got the arrow at is the new headquarters, which has been um, developed in a real sustainable way. We, you know, we wanted to emphasise that, yes, we're moving into a new office, but um, we're working with a social enterprise called Merthyr Institute for the Blind, who are uh, refashioning all our old equipment from our old headquarters in Cardiff. So, um, And actually, that is the usually the highest amount of carbon footprint when you move offices. It actually comes from buying lots of new equipment. So taking that out of it, actually, it's... It's very easy. Yeah, it's very easy to just say, oh, you know what? It's cheaper to not, you know, chuck that, skip all that. Easier to just get new stuff. But um, yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we haven't officially. Well, I think we've officially changed our registered headquarters yet. But obviously, due to COVID, um, we're all working from home at the moment. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to um, settling in in the new office in the future and this fantastic new development. There's three buildings in total. Um, it's really going to help the development of Pont de Prix as a town. Um, in terms of sort of our purpose as a whole, uh, we're a not-for-profit, arms-length uh, public body uh, owned by the Welsh government. Um, you know, we, we exist to basically drive forward the Welsh government's vision of a high-quality, safe, integrated, affordable, accessible public transport network that the people of Wales are proud of. So, in layman's terms, that's basically. We, we are both the expert advisors to Welsh Government on transport matters. So if they have something they would like to do, they will come to us and we can provide the expert advice um, on how that can be achieved. And then we're also the delivery arm. Um, so, you know, also we're kind of there to deliver the Welsh Government's policies. Uh, we were set up in 2016 initially to run the procurement for the Wales and Borders Rail Service, which covers the um, South Wales Metro as well, which is a key part of that and now uh, managing the Wales and Borders contract on behalf of Welsh ministers. Um, we're a growing organisation. You know, it's grown enormously since I started. I've been uh, with TFW since autumn 2018, since just before we took over the rail service. Mm. You know, uh, one thing I know a lot of people listening are looking for careers in the rail industry, particularly from an engineering background and, and a transport planning background. And it's worth a note that 
uh, we have our graduate scheme open yeah. until the end of the month. So if anyone is interested in coming on, you know, we the n- number of functions that we cover is enormous, and it's not just rail that we do. It's looking at all different aspects of public transport in Wales. And um, if that sounds something you, you'd be interested in, um, tfwearlycareers.wales is where you can go for that. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I mean, I should write that down, but it'd be my right handwriting would be so poor that people won't be able to follow the link anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that's also yeah. Go into the Discord um, after this if you're interested in career stuff because we'll, we can we can have a bit more of a, a chat about that. But some some really amazing opportunities um, out there. Um, uh, Bob Price, save that question up because it's a really good one. Um, in any case, so that is the that's the HQ looking kind of um, ready to or kind of finished but ready to be occupied. Still, it's still a few bits and pieces around there. So, um, let's crack on. So this is some hoarding. So we flipped on to the next picture. It's some nice really hoarding. Well made hoarding. Uh, yeah, uh, with Welsh, uh, lots of uh, nice bilingual there. Griffiths as well, um, supporting the construction. Look at that. Also, some nice. It's always always worth noting this this sort of action here going on. Uh, there so we the, are. Just me yeah, highlighting yeah. the EU uh, ERDF funding uh, there. Yes, classic. We're getting quite a lot of um, ERDF funding, which is um, kind of a key part of then of the funding that's come for the metro as a whole. But yes, uh, this is at Taft's Well. This is the hoarding that's going up around the site where the new um rolling stock depot is going to be uh, i've got some more images of that later on in the slides but um yeah it just to kind of give a sort of brief introduction to what the south wales metro is it's an integrated public transport network which would be made up of heavy rail light rail bus and active travel that is walking cycling wheelchairs mobility scooters etc um all of those routes kind of combine to make this integrated network um so basically, the the metro itself is an area that covers the ten uh, local authorities that make up what is the, known as the Cardiff Capital Region. Mm. So Blaenau Gwent, Bridgen, Caerphilly, Cardiff, Merthyr Tydfil, Monmouthshire, Newport, Rhondda Taff, Torvine, and the Vale of Glamorgan. So those ten areas as a whole uh, amount to half the population of Wales, around one and a half million people. Um, so the, the, all of the railway lines that are within that area come under the metro heading, as it were. Um, but the, the real heart of the metro plans at the moment are the core valley lines, which are seven heavy rail lines radiating from the city centre of Cardiff. So that's the Rumney line, Corriton line, Merth line, Aberdeer, Treherbert, Cardiff Bay and the city line. Plus the Cumbargoid freight line uh, also comes under that. These lines transferred from Network Rail to TFW ownership in March of last year, just as we were going into lockdown. Yeah, I was going to say, it was just as, I remember because it was just as lockdown was happening, and that's kind of what sparked, I think that sparked a lot more interest because people suddenly realised, it was like, oh, this is real, it's happening, Think things are going on. For anyone who's wondering, we, we, don't worry, we are going to have um, we are going to have maps to, to kind of tr- yeah. triangulate people uh, shortly. Don't, we'll get there. Um, David Shepard asks, uh, does uh, European regional development funding uh, get chopped off because of Brexit, or has this money already come along and been authorised, so is it fine? Um I think it's the latter. It, it's that it's been yes, yes, yeah. It's absolutely fine. It's um, the fu- it's, it's in the funding the round of funding, which is um, a set period, um, which you know we were successful in applying for. So um, yeah, so the funding is guaranteed, but it potentially limits. It certainly potentially limits future you know future funding round applications. That money is no longer there to be applied for. So. Um, it doesn't affect this and this work, but it, it, you know, in future for future expansion, future kind of any future schemes, uh, it, you know, Britain-wide, frankly, it, it's not there to be applied for. Um, so lots of people saying map, please. Don't worry, you're going to get a map very shortly. Yeah, I promise. We will get a map. <laughs> Don't worry, James has brought maps. 
Um, I love maps. I've yeah. got my Colonel Carver Atlas just behind me, just in case I need it, which for <laughs> anyone who doesn't know, it's the the greatest mapping of Britain's railways has ever been completed. It's pretty much every single passenger line mapped by um, Colonel Carver, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago. It was basically his life's work, and it's all projected onto an old OS map. Dates for station closures and line closures and, and stuff like that. It's brilliant. <laughs> So just in case I need it later on, I've got it just behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I just realised I've got new lighting, everyone. Hello, welcome to Railnatter for people who haven't been here before. But for those who are familiar with it, uh, the lighting is making me look pink. It was looking making me look a lot pinker than I um, than I than I kind of planned it to. But that's fine. Maybe it's because there's so much energy. It's actually just making me sweat. Like no, anyway, no one cares. So um, uh, okay, so that's the hoarding. But what is so we're gonna? And I think you've got a picture behind the hoarding as well, actually, don't you? Um, later on yeah later on it's all we keep we're teasing you folks there's just lots of we've got maps and all sorts <laughs> later on but we're going to start with um do you want to move to the next picture give me a prod uh, yeah sure. um sure i mean it was just a case of i, I can you know just I, i'm going to come back to more of the details around the the work that's actually going on to yeah. develop the core island later but it's three quarters of a million pounds in in three quarters of a billion that is yeah, uh, yeah. in total so you know it's heavy work and it's going to take a few years to complete mm. um Talking of which, here is a bit mm. of former railway line. Tell us about this picture. So, so yeah, what, I fact, be, up... describe what's on screen, and then and then and then tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, this is uh, what you can see is like an overgrown um, railway cutting, and you can see two brick pillars that are standing up in the middle of all this overgrown stuff. Um, and uh, unless you kind of knew the area, I think you probably wouldn't know. So. The day that I went and took a photo of that hoarding, I continued along the tap trail to this place because um, it's an old railway line. And once you kind of get to the end of that, just on the outskirts of Caerphilly, you come to this place, which is Penrose Junction. Um, so this was uh, a site really that typifies the rise and fall of the Valley's railway network. There were three railway companies all converged on this one place plus one of them, the Barry Railway Company, which was like the great central railway of Wales, really. They, mm. they were like quite late on the scene and sort of did these kind of high... Um, sort of heavy engineering. He heavy engineering works and stuff. And they did this massive flyover as well. So, um, yeah, it basically it's a site where all these railway companies um, converge, trying to get through what's known as the Taff Gap, which is the geological fault in the valleys that kind of allows the valleys to just open up a little bit and everything kind of all converges on taps well which is why, why it makes a great site for our depot it's a historic mm. railway site uh yeah but basically that it was all built over um the course of the 19th century and um eventually all closed between the 60s and the last line through here closed in about 1984 mm. so i've cycled the length of the taft trail uh, actually it was on my it was on my um cycle from uh, i did a cycle from Conway to cardiff uh, kind of north south in wales and um, for the whole bit south of, of, kind of went over the hill from Brecon and then all the way south, right right from the top of the hill, just followed the Taft Trail all the way down to the, in fact, right the way down into the bay as well, actually. And it's the whole thing is, or the, the most, most of it's following the old railway, um, but the whole thing is just following this incredible industrial corridor. Just the amount of goods that were moving down, kind of downstream, if you like, downriver, uh, into Cardiff along this corridor, and you can tell. And there's a lot of industrial decline, a lot of populations. Equally, there are a lot of areas being rejuvenated as well. Even even when I did that, probably the best part of ten years ago now, um, things were turning around a, a bit in quite a few places. So, um, I think this is indicative of, of that turnaround, and and 
and a bit of positive momentum, I think, uh, behind that. But the, the amount of ex-industrial stuff, including railways, is is incredible. You know, this is the cradle of the of the of the modern railway system, really. Kind of without the without the, the kind of the plateways and the railways that existed before the steam locos were using them in South Wales, we wouldn't have the railways we have today. Thanks, Trevithick. Yeah, and we also, I mean, it's worth kind of going through a quick chronology of it. I mean, obviously, as you say, the 18th century was when some of the tram roads popping up. We've got the oldest iron railway bridge in the world in Merthyr called Ponta Cavani, which is, uh, uh, it opened in 1793. It's just at the back of um, where Cavartha Castle is now, because it was part of the complex that was serving all of the steelworks. Then, as you say, Trevithick's locomotive runs on the Penadaran tramway uh, in 1804. Uh, 1807, you get the Swansea and Mumbled Railway, which is the world's first paying passenger rail service. Um, and then there's a bit of a gap. And then um, then the Valleys Railway Company start popping up. In 1835, that really starts with the founding of the Taff Vale Railway with the, the first section of lines in Cardiff and Abercun and that on 1840. That was engineered by Brunel. Um, and then after that, I mean, if, the, the best thing is really to look on RailMap online and kind of zoom in. You see all of these different colours of all these different companies building up this complex and intricate rail network and the reason there were so many different companies is because each of these were serving different industrial interests and different companies you had industrialists building um collieries and, and ironworks and steelworks but then also you had a number of different docks as well and each dock was competing with each other you had newport cardiff barry Swansea. I'm doing oh, it. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> We're getting RailMap online up. So here's if anyone who's not used RailMap online, this is what it looks like. It's got all the different railway companies. And what's this this fantastically colourful bit down here? We go down here, you can just see the density of of, of different rail uh, kind of rail companies here. Um, yeah. So blue is the Taffvale, green is the GWR, the, the darker green is GWR, the light green is the Barry Railway Company. As I said, with one of the later ones, um, you've got. Uh, the red one's the Port Talbot Railway. The orange is the Rumney Railway. Um, you've got the light pink going up towards uh, from Newport up to Merthyr. That's That was the Brecon and Merthyr Railway, known as the Breakneck and Murder Railway because they're terrible safety record. <laughs> That's the one you cycle up, by the way. So you start on the on the Breakneck and then you come down and find your way. Once you get into Merthyr, then you, you find your way into the, onto the Taff, Taff Vale. But the... Uh, yeah, the, the the cycle path follows this up the side of the the up the side of the valley uh, along the loch uh, along the um, the lake rather. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, so I think this I think you, you've described it uh, wonderfully. But I think this picture somewhat paints the kind of a pretty grand picture of the intensity. You know, if you zoom out, there are a few places in the country that have that intensity of, of railway network. You know, it's it's yeah, it's only really dense. Yorkshire, I reckon. Yeah, it's West more Yorkshire. dense even than, than than the northwest. You know, the area around Manchester was kind of amongst the most dense. The northeast was very very dense, but actually, you know, the, you know, and, and then the central belt again. But but really, the density. I think the the density in the spread is in this in South Wales is unmatched. You know, it, London is very dense, but it's very small actually compared to these larger industrial areas. London wasn't particularly dense in terms of railway coverage compared to these these industrial areas. Really, anyway, that's um. I just thought I'd put that there because it's quite interesting. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, I think that, that that just kind of shows it really well because you. Well, the other thing that really kind of strikes you when you kind of go and read a really kind of tight level is you see that each valley has like two or even three different railway lines all competing with each other, and that was ultimately an unsustainable network. You know, as, as far as when we're getting into the grouping and internationalisation, because then the vast majority of lines ended up under the control of the GWR and 
a lot of it was redundant. So the Barry Railway flyover at Penrose, that was taken up because basically the Barry Railway and all the other local companies were grouped together and GWR said, well, why have we got this heavily engineered line with massive viaducts? The, the biggest one was the one at Lambradach, which which is enormous. If you see some pictures of that, there aren't many because it, cl- it was closed in the 20s and dismantled. Yeah, the so 30s, there, aren't, there, aren't, there just aren't that many um, yeah, photos yeah, of it. it. It's the, the scale of what the Barry Railway in particular did was immense. But actually, I mean, the, the, the decline really had started after World War One. I. I think peak coal was 1913. So then you kind of come into this um, situation, we're getting in, in through the 30s and there are some there is some thinking about what we can do with the network um, going forward. So Professor Hilary Marquand, who was an economist, later became a Labour MP. He wrote a book in 1936 called South Wales Needs a Plan. And so that's th- that was 36, did you say? 36. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they're already realising that there was no plan. You know, a railway network built without um, no plan. Ella, I know I'm clipping, but my mic's doing that thing where it gets madly loud for no no particular reason. Wait a minute, I'm going to pull my pull my sound down a little bit. Thanks, Ella. I'm going down by one decibel. There we go. How's that, everyone? Is that better? Um, yeah. So um, it's it's one of those yeah it's one of these strange things. Also, it's a bit counterintuitive, and a lot of people um, wonder why we closed some of the more heavily engineered railways, but kept maybe slightly windier or slightly naffer ones. Well, there are lots of politics behind it, but one, from an engineering perspective, actually, if you've got these grand structures, they require more money to maintain. So you're going to go for the railway that's perhaps longer but more at grade and less grandly engineered, which nowadays seems bonkers because you're actually increasing the, you know, the, the offset of increasing... Uh, passenger revenue by having a faster connection is 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 more crucial now. But certainly in the pre kind of before the the nineteen fifties and sixties, it was more about minimising your your engineering spend. Exactly, and and that is why the cross valley lines are the ones that suffered first because the, uh, obviously when you've got the valleys uh, like grains really, so you, it takes bridges and tunnels to get across the valleys through the mountain, across the valley through the mountain. So you got lots of viaducts, and Crumlin Viaduct is the classic one. So that was the tallest railway mm. viaduct in the country because it spanned this massive valley, the Abu Valley, um, at about 100 feet, I think, isn't it? But it was made of metal, and the structures started to deteriorate quite quickly. And they wanted to preserve it after they closed it, but you know, I think they were risking having that falling down on someone, so they yeah, had to dismantle yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And and because of the increased engineering costs of these lines, they were the first ones to go on the chopping block. Absolutely. And as, as you say, that obviously Professor Marcond was calling for all of these lines to be electrified and to have proper commuter services so that, you know, you can actually get from the valleys down to Cardiff. But his advice was never heeded. You go through the war, the rail usage is still in decline, both from a passenger perspective. I mean, passengers were always an afterthought anyway. These like, railway lines were built for freight with some passenger stations. Um, you know, there were some passenger stations that didn't even have platforms. Yeah, <laughs> it's that basic. This is yeah. And this was this was a, a massive railway network built entirely to just just transport an enormous volume of bulk of bulk goods, primarily coal. Well, pretty much, I say primarily as if there was anything else coming close. It's just yeah. coal, just enormous volumes of coal. Yeah. Coal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Easter egg. I've got, I've got my is. coal T-shirt on. The coal logo. Fantastic branding in the eighties. British Rail had. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and the thing is, as well as that, from a passenger perspective, I think we look at look at the lines on on a map, like rail map online now, and say, oh, you know, why do, why doesn't that place have a railway connection anymore? Because it had them. Brecon is a good example. Of this. I know it's slightly outside South Wales, but 
um, it was linked to from South Wales. And, and you can look at map and say, well, the, it's got loads of railway connections. Why did it all close? The reality is that it's not the lines on the map that you should be looking at. It's the services. And the services serving Wrecken went to places like Neath and Newport. And they were very infrequent and very long and rambling journeys over, you know, railways like the Brecon and Merthyr. Mm. Um, and so people weren't really using them. And it made total sense to get a car because you could drive, even back in in the early 60s, you could drive a lot faster than, um, than you could get a train because the train would take two and a half hours to get to Newport, which is rubbish. So that's why you end up getting into a situation where, uh, you know, even into the 50s, you know, we talk about the reshaping of British Railways report and his nibs who, who uh, oversaw it. I won't mention his name because you'll yeah, buzz the class me. But, that's it. Um, but a lot of the contraction of the railway network in South Wales was already happening in the 50s. And, yeah. and it leaves the, it left the smaller valleys isolated. You lost all the cross valleys links. A lot of the mainline stations closed. And also then you get the knock-on effect of um, in valleys, you've got one road up and down. They're not very good roads because they're surrounded by houses. Um, they're quite hilly and bendy. They were classic. Uh, the railway lines were classic targets for um, local authorities just to basically stick a road down where the rail corridor was or fill a, an old station site or yard with houses. Suddenly, you're, any prospect of rebuilding these lines is completely gone. Yeah. So that is the sort of situation that we're dealing with now with the metro is that, yes, a handful of lines were kept open for freight purposes. Some of them have survived now to a point where we can... Um, reopen those lines eventually but a lot of the opportunities were basically lost in this period after they were all closed by 1980 you had only three valley lines left that was the Treherbert, Merthyr and Rumley lines um, lots of track singling um, and lots of rail infrastructure some were still in place for freight but yeah, it's, it's very it much like very very random. Yeah, and we were still extracting coal on, on a fairly large scale, but yeah, the passenger numbers dwindled again. So we we should press on given time. Here yeah, sorry, is a picture of is this Cathays? This is Cathays in Cardiff. So this was the very first new station to be opened up. So there was originally a station here that was only serving um, trains going towards the valleys. It was a, a platform on one side only. Um, so that went in the sixties. But then this brand new station serving the university and the civic centre, um, immediately a big hit. Um, and, and then that was followed by uh, about um, a, a whole kind of raft of new stations and reopened railway lines. I think in total between 1983 and 2008, we opened 35 new stations in 25 years. That's not so, bad. you know, it was That's it was bad. quite extensive. That includes mm. reopening. Aberdeer line in 88, Mystag line in 92. Oh, should we flip to the map, actually? Because this... Yeah. Yeah, let's well, do that, that's, that's the kind of... That's the... Um, what the... When the Metro was all being put together by Professor Mark Barry, um, this was the kind of... the, the, the con Well, not just Professor Mark Barry, but a, a team of people as well. This was the kind of concept that we come up with. And some of these are old railway lines. Um, some of them aren't. And these, these, I should sort of give a disclaimer. These weren't necessarily all rail proposals some of these were um bus rapid transit as well but just to give you a, a kind of idea of where everything fits together a yeah, lot of gives, these did start to pop up over that time period yeah it gives a good idea of the of, of the sort of the the complexity of the of the urban area this is a major urban area um 
I'm reassured by seeing the connections through New Newport one end and Bridge End at the other. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it is a very densely populated area. This this bit of South Wales. Um, yeah. So um, so yeah. So we've got this that um, uh, yeah, Professor Berry kind of and, and the team came up with. So tell tell us about this and then and then how it then fits into the into the into the kind of the current picture. Yeah. So I mean, the planning was going on. Um, it's been going on for about ten years. I think Professor Barry first published his uh, report calling for a Cardiff and South East Wales metro system in 2011. That was always going to be a mixture of heavy rail, light rail, and bus rapid transit, uh, emphasising the need for modal shift. This was kind of coming off the back of the South East Wales Transport Alliance, which had been set up in 2003, which had looked at lots of individual schemes, but um, it wasn't really empowered to come up with a whole strat- a transport strategy on top of all of this. So then. Um, by 2013, you're kind of getting what is now known as Metro Phase 1 confirmed, um, which then gets delivered over the next couple of years. So you start to see Pie Corner Station, which is on the outskirts of Newport, and the new Ebbervale Town Station, that opened in 2015. Uh, and then in 20, towards the end of 2015, you get the rolling out our Metro um, publication, which this map was included in, and that was basically the big fanfare from Welsh Government, um, mm. basically saying... You know, this is what it could look like, you know, decades down the line. Um, you know, just to kind of emphasize, you know, it's it's a long term project. Yes, what we're focusing on at the moment is delivery of the core valley lines upgrade. But, you know, there's there's work there for a good 10, 15 years after at least just to build up you know, some of the proposals that you'll see on the map. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so the next so this yes yeah, so this map I mean it covers lots of colours people can drop in later and pause it and stare at it but it's also widely available online yep. so the next picture where let's see where's this this I'm trying so that we've got I don't reckon we've got this station sign here but I don't recognise the station where are we up here that's Cardiff Bay oh that's Bay that's the Bay that's Cardiff Bay yeah that's that's unfortunately it used to be a much grander station and th- thankfully the station building has been preserved because uh, that would that deteriorate for a while i'm sure convert- i've got cardiff based i don't remember it looking like this i remember maybe i was paying too much attention to the bubble car that i was in and not enough yes. attention to what the station looked like when i arrived yes so this was a kind of a, a newly rebranded class 153 that had just entered service we got it from um one of the other operators and it arrived in a mishmash of different um colors and branding i think it's got seat covers or had at the time seat covers from first great western but all the signage was london midland oh really <laughs> so and the livery on the outside had faded quite a bit so mm. it was all given a full decorate we're currently refurbishing all our class one uh, a lot of the class one five threes that we've got to make some um prm compliant but yeah so we um so we were formed in 2016 to sort of begin the procurement process which was the largest ever public procurement done in wales um that was then confirmed in may 2018 that keolis amy were the winners with their solution and it was done in a a very this is a procurement i should say was done in a different way to your franchises in Mm. in england in the sense of um with with regards to the metro they were uh, the bidders were basically uh given a certain amount of freedom so they were told okay see um welsh government said you know we want um this this service frequency in the valleys but how are you going to deliver that in terms of heavy rail or light and other solutions that you may have that's entirely for you to come up with so it's quite an innovative way of doing it and a bit given a bit more freedom than they would and that's why each of the bidders had an infrastructure partner um yeah. to kind of 
develop the um, core Valley lines then when the transfer took place. So then in, in October 2018, then Wales and Borders Rail Service transferred from Arriva Trains Wales over to um, Kyola Semi, who trade as Transport for Wales Rail Services. And then after that, in 2019, you're already seeing the benefits because we operated the most services on the Wales and Borders network in its history, which kind of goes back to go back to my earlier point. You can see how, in, how infrequent the services were in the past. Yeah, the fact that, that we'd got to a point that, yeah, it's a lot more intensively used now than it, than it was back then. Yep. So... Yeah, so so here we are, nice nice picture with it with a slightly creepy uh, numbered one five three, but we won't worry about that too much. Um, yeah, it is weird. It is weird. I, I given how many times I've popped down the line. So my, I've got family in Cardiff. So I, people might have noticed I am actually a bit Welsh. Hello everyone. Um, uh, named after a, a particularly famous rugby player, people might uh, notice. Um, uh, but I, I, yeah, so I'm in Cardiff. I used to be in Cardiff, like not infrequently, and and um, I was there. Half, in fact, having done my north south cycle, I was in Cardiff for like four days, just kind of because I did it quicker than I planned to, um, and was just basically riding around on trains to railway stations, just enjoying myself. Um, and uh, took this one a couple of times. I cannot believe I didn't re- like. It's uh, it's more leafy than I remember it being, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's nice. Anyway, right, let's skip to the next image. So here is South Wales it's Metro. St- still has potential uh, written next to it. But tell us about this one and what, what the how this fits in in terms of what's being delivered when. So this is the um, sort of basic map of uh, all of the services that come under the Metro. Uh, and you can see each line is colour-coded by the different type of rolling stock that's going to be running it. So um, the, well, the core... Valley lines is the the red line in the middle. The sort of the, that's the Rummy line. So I mean, I'll talk a bit more about the rolling stock later. That's been dealt with by um, flirts, and then the sort of the line coming off that off that at Queen Street up towards Radder and Pontypridd. That's the um, that's going to be the most intensively used section of the network, where you're going to have 12 trains per hour between Cardiff and Pontypridd. They're going to be tram trains, um, all built by Stadler. And um, you're going to have 18 trains per hour going through Queen Street. Um, oh, really? Okay, so that's it, interesting, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's it's going to be a very intensive service and then kind of really pushes the um, the capacity up much more than it is now. And just to have, like, brand new trains, you know. We're still running paces at the moment. Hopefully, not for too much longer, it'll be weeks rather than... Um, too many months and years, you know, we're, we're aware that, you know, it's not an ideal situation. They are being paid up with PRM compliant trains, but, um, you know, it's going to be such a lift for people to come from that to brand new rolling stock, which is all going to be rolled out um, over the next few years on every line in the metro. We're doing a complete fleet replacement and the vast majority of those will be with... Oops, microphone's dropping off the, off the table. Um, with, with brand new trains. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and also it's going to there's going to be more integration between the the Pontypridd lines, the the Tam lines that have gone trip through about Abdi Murtha with the with the Bay line. So half of the services coming down from Pontypridd um, will head off down to the Bay. So it gives you direct access between the valleys and the Bay, which is a big thing for the Bay area given the plans for um, the development of that area. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see it disappearing off down. So, so you've kind of got so down to the bay. There's the bay. Um, yeah, crikey. So there's and eighteen got a few new stations in there as well. Which you yeah, these these green things are the new stations or or largely rebuilt stations. 
Um, yeah, nice. So there's one thing I've noticed up here, and this is a question that we've been asked and that uh, that I need to ask as well, which is the extent to which this can be called a metro, given that it's uh, right. one of the themes of, of Real Nactor is, is not calling things metros that aren't metros. But I'm, I'm kind of... Re- okay, so the numbers... So the, 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 the per hour numbers are pretty intensive, so I'm, I'm pleased at seeing those. I suppose the trains are quite small, which is where you're perhaps not pulling the 10,000 passengers per hour per direction numbers, because the... Well, they're not small, but they're not, um, you know, they're not like 12 car sort of uh, massive trains. They're kind of, you know, how many cars are this, is the standard running going to be of the of the new uh, trains? So the, each tram train unit will be three. Um, the floats will be a mixture of three and four. But in terms of the tram trains, I think there'll be a lot of doubling up. So I, I estimated the passengers per hour per direction for the Cardiff to Pontypridd section is going to be uh about four four and a half thousand which is still a big uplift on on it at the moment where it usually about um about three thousand um and in you know in peak time in the evening or over the course of an evening peak we'll be at ten thousand passengers but obviously that's spread over two hours so yeah yeah it's it's not ten thousand you know, but it, it's it's a lot, and it's a big increase on what we have yeah. now, and it unlocks more capacity. And at the end of the day, we've got follow-on orders for the rolling stock that we're bringing in. Um, you know, there's the possibility that you know if it does unlock serious capacity, and we do really see that modal shift, you know, we could end up having even more frequent services in the future. But that obviously there's will a require balance. a lot more heavy engineering. Yeah, there's, well, that's it. So it requires heavier engineering, but there's a balance to be struck actually, in that you don't want to go. For this sort of system, you don't want to go absolutely full blast on capex and create a load of stuff that just doesn't get filled. You know, you don't drive the model shift and you've got a load of empty trains running around. That's not. You kind of want this staged approach. So it kind of the approach that's been taken from a staging perspective is quite a sensible one. You kind of it's still a massive leap up. So you're going to capture quite a lot of um, constrained demand, which is good, and drive a bit of modal shift. And then hopefully you, you you expect then to be a bit of momentum and, and, and people sort of start calling you know, as they see the success. It, it kind of perception is quite important. If people are seeing empty trains with a major investment, that's not good. If people are seeing things at good service, but it's get, but it's also getting full quite quickly. There's the energy behind expansion. So, yeah, it, it's a sensible approach. I, I, the other thing I've, I've highlighted up here is that it's – so whilst the whole thing is called the, the metro, um, the, the actual metro service is being kind of – yeah, it's, it, they are being clear, or in the branding, it's clear that actually that the stuff that is actually a metro is is being restricted to the kind of tram train stuff. So um, yes, and and I think the the Rumley line trains are getting the branding as well. So you'll see you'll see metro branded trains out as far as Bridgend. The the heavy rail services going out to to Abbeville, my stake and Cheltenham. So they've got they've got a different type of float. They're a diesel float rather than the train. Mm. And um, so they've been more like the Greater Abbeville. And yeah, I, I don't think they're carrying necessarily metro brand. Your mic's popping a bit there, just uh, just in case oh, there's it? something hitting oh, it. Um, yeah, okay, good stuff. So that's so that's the map. We, I, I think everyone's. Everyone, well, we've got oh, crackling from the mic. Whose mic's crackling? It's mine, perhaps. Um, what's happened? With, oh, some okay. Quite electrification. Is it worth keep talking about electrification while this is up? Do you reckon? Uh, yeah, can do. So, so the electrification um, on the CVL is uh, what we're calling smart electrification. So it's a form of discontinuous electrification, um, but it's slightly different from what you would see uh, elsewhere. So the way it works is that um, I think most of the most of the line will be electrified. It, uh, then there will be sections of permanently earthed uh, OLE. So when the train comes up to that, there'll be a beacon 
and it'll uh, it'll tell the train um, switch to battery mode, but you don't need to lower the pantograph. Mm. So particularly around stations where you haven't necessarily got uh, as much clearance. Now there are other sections of the line that uh, aren't being wired at all, so around um, complicated junctions, but it would be really really disruptive to to close the lines um, to do that. I say that because uh, actually while the fact that um, the railways north of Radar are closed at the moment as part of a big engineering block, but I'll get onto that in a minute. Yeah. Um, it's it's um, so that at that point the beacon will tell it, okay, you have to lower the pantograph as well, and then it'll just automatically switch to the battery. You won't lose any performance, um, and the batteries will recharge at um, at the end of the line. So uh, it it is a different way of doing it from elsewhere, but there will be no diesel trains north of Cardiff on the CVL network. Uh, once everything is all rolled out, it is, um, you know, a very sustainable solution. And yes, you could argue the ba- the battery is going to add weight, but the, the the journey time reductions are really really significant from the heads of the valleys. You're talking what is currently like a 65 minute journey into Cardiff from the heads of the valleys is being reduced to about 50. So you're talking about 20% journey reduction. So that's pretty significant in and of itself, and that all just brings the valleys closer to Cardiff really and creates more of the city region which is um, what this is all about and helps bring people closer to employment opportunities and and helps also helps spread employment opportunities further up the valleys as well so I I shall be watching the um, I shall be watching the electrification um, very closely shall we say because I remain a skeptic of some of the discontinuous stuff but again it's a bit like what we've just talked about isn't it it's a bit like there's there's a, a balance to be struck between um, getting these getting that uplift, getting that twenty percent journey time improvement, making these changes, making the you know making the quite a spectacular change to people's service that they have, and then next stages of actually once that's running, then perhaps you can start looking at some of the more complex junctions because I dare say some of those junctions, it's not just about electrification actually. If you're going to be, it's the sort of junctions that rather than electrifying it, it's the sort of junction you might do heavy remodeling of at a next stage so wiring it now is a little bit wasted cash and you might come back to it and do it later and do things quite radically different yeah exactly so the electrification you know that's being put in place it should be enough for the services that are being timetabled in but obviously if we would get to a point where you know the services were going to be expanded in the future then you know it's a flexible enough solution that it should be quite easy to fill in the gaps you know for instance when bridges need uh, replacing then they can be put in higher and you, you might be able to to do something there but um yeah it, it it's with the future in mind i think that's the big thing it it is a case of getting it done with as minimum disruption as possible because at the end of the day if you close one of those lines in in and out card if you close all of them yeah, uh, yeah 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 versus versus kind of doing it properly and it, there's always a balance to be struck and i think we've got a good balance to get this done really quite quickly you've got to remember that the junction the junction down well it's sort of not really shown but the junction kind of down here is one that's driven a huge amount of electrification innovation because there was nothing that could be done with the junction in terms of in terms of conventional electrification clearances so that's where we've had to drive getting dc clearances using ac equipment um uh, more on that uh, actually, we talked about it in the previous rail network. Yeah, Gary, Gary, Gary did it, yeah. He did, he talked about it. Um, and so the, the work that happened at the junction here, really the junction, it's kind of the junction, um, this junction here actually, with the, where the, the uh, Queen Street and, the, and then the southwest, uh, the, sorry, the South Wales main line meet, 
the electrification of that junction is a nightmare and it's a good example of the scale of you know you close that junction and do the physical works well it's not so much that you, you know, you're closing everything that's just absolutely everything in all directions is scuppered by that so yeah it, it is challenging and again it's the nature of that well it's partly the nature of the natural geography of where the valleys all feed into but also the nature of the the way the railway lines were built is that they all come into a couple of pinch points and make it a very uniquely challenging um very neatly challenging from an engineering planning perspective, shall we say. Yeah, there's some nasty bottlenecks, like um, just north of Queen Street, that's where the, the two lines split. That was scaled back. It must have been in the 70s when they remodelled Queen Street and demolished the lovely station building, what was the headquarters of the Taffail Railway. Yeah. Um, so that's two tracks in and out over, over Newport Road and there's big tower blocks either side, so you're restricted in terms of what you can do there. The other one is um, Penarth Curve Junction, where the city line and the Barry line split. You know, if we were to increase the frequency on the city line, you'd have to um, basically build a flyover there. Um, yeah. And then Pontypris is, is going to be a bottleneck as well. So there's there's lots of pinch points there, um, and there will be a certain amount of sort of playing around with that. Obviously, the Cardiff area resignaling was done um, up until 2017, so that kind of created a lot of extra capacity anyway but putting extra platforms in at queen street and central so it's done a lot of the work for it mm. yeah, um, yeah but yeah there are a few tweaks here and there that need to be made mm. so moving on from our map crikey we've already hit eight o'clock it's happened it's oh. i was thinking we're gonna this we'll sail this it's gonna be a, a timely <laughs> episode and we've already well i screwed up at the start didn't i anyway we've got now got a nice visualization uh of uh, it's, it's showing us these these are the tram train units right these are the three car yeah. tram train units yeah, so this is the artist impression of the Tafswell uh, depot site, which is where all the tram trains are going to be uh, maintained. It's also going to be the uh, control centre. So the control is moving uh, for the CVL is moving up to Tafswell once that's um, all finished. Um, I mean, Tafswell is a great point because you've got that space there. It's actually built on what's known locally as the Forge Master site, which was an industrial site. But way back when, it was also um, a railway site as well and it actually had to tear tracks up out of the ground that was still there because they'd never been taken out. There was a little engine shed there as well, back going back to the Romney Railway days. Yeah. So it, it's a historic railway site. Um, so the, the tram trains, they're going to be OLE and battery, as I said. They're exclusively going to run on the Merthyr Aberdeen but lines. But because they're tram trains, you know, they can run on heavy rail and light rail lines. And, and I think the eyes of Britain uh, are going to be on us because... Yes, the tram train trial in Sheffield. That's a bit of a mouthful. Um, <laughs> tram train trial in Sheffield. Yeah. yeah um, At least it wasn't in, it wasn't in um, I don't know, Harrogate. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, um, so that's obviously been progressing well. And the, the, the tram trains that we have are very similar. I think they're, they're Stadler's as well. Um, so, but we're the first ones that are doing it on a big scale. I know that there, there are plans like uh, um, TFGM, Great Manchester, uh, are talking about you know, potentially using tram train technology. I noticed in the Scottish Greens article today yeah, they talked say, about that's, it. That's particularly topical yeah. today, given how much it's it's look. The, the Greens were looking at relying on it for particularly, and it's actually it's, it's to me sounds like a good idea for places like Aberdeen and Dundee where you don't have the uh, necessarily the footfall for a heavy you know a heavy rail connection, but you definitely need to be serving some of the large urban areas in the spread. You know, Dundee and Aberdeen are big cities with quite large urban sprawl. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's, definitely, it's and and of course that will then apply for Cardiff as well. So there, you know, the points beyond um, the current commitments that we have in place, where we start to look at 
um, extensions of the network then the fact that we have tram trains it gives us a lot more flexibility in terms of what we can do with it um, and then so alongside this so we've got the I said the tri-mode flirts for the Romney Court and the Vilga Morgan lines so they'll be running off the OLE and battery on the CVL network then they'll be switching to a diesel network, um, diesel engine down to Barry and, and the Vale of Glamorgan because um, that section line isn't being electrified. Um, and then also there's the diesel flirts as well. And all of those trains will have level boarding. Yeah, I was going to say, it's something I noticed in the video that we're about, maybe about to show in a minute. Um, there's some very important words that I saw in there about level boarding. And as another thing, when I was pleased to see that the Stadlers were being, you know, Stadler again, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Stadler and the trains that they create. Um, because they've because they've essentially entered the market in a big way in the UK via Merseyrail, and a major part of that brief was create was having level boarding. That's now cascaded for they, they now have that understanding and are, are certainly the best place rolling stock provider in, in for the UK market now in providing level boarding as a result of that learning. Um, so um, so yes, yeah, so I'm very pleased about that. Um, I'm going to click on here and then press the next button. Ah, so yeah, okay, so we can flip between yeah. these two because. Uh, yeah before this is work in progress right yes yeah, so this is the taskwell site as it is at the moment you can see the frame of the control building um in oh, the yeah. background that's um so i walked so the the route that i walked on the old railway line up big hill as it's known um yeah. kind of runs behind that uh so yeah this eventually will be a big bustling depot um so I think that that's the biggest visual indicator because behind that you can see the the main road that's the A470 which is the main road up to Merthyr and eventually up to North Wales. Yeah, so you've got a lot of people coming the, past. Uh, the bloody A470, everyone hates it. <laughs> yeah, um, we've also opened our infrastructure hub in Traforest Estate. Um, that's where all the metro work is kind of being coordinated from. Uh, we've begun uh, work on track that started in July. Um, the first major infrastructure work was in um, the autumn on what is known as the old colliery site, which is on the mm. Aberdeer line. And we're doing the three-week blockade at the moment while we're in lockdown and it's essential journeys only, you know, best time to get it get it done now. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, obviously there's the evening work and weekend work going on through the rest of the year. Um, we've also started doing other things as well. So we reduced phase last January. Uh, introduced free tickets for under 11s and free off-peak tickets for under 16s. We've launched smart cards. And we've also introduced the Class 769s on the Rumley line. Um, they're slowly being phased in, which will allow us then to get rid of the paces very, very soon. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the 769s, those... Um the three one nines getting some serious mileage uh, there, but they're they're good. Yeah, the um, as as with these things, just like was experienced with the refurb of the of the three one nines up in uh, and their the family of trains like that up in the north. When they're done well, electric trains actually last. Uh, you know, you can get some decent life out of them. So these seven six nines, these tri modes. Um, actually, the seven six nines are tri modes, aren't they? Yeah, they are, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, um, the ones that we've got are, are bi mode. I think GWR have got tri modes, haven't they? For the um service out to oh, Surrey yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I was I think they're generally just running off the diesel at the moment because obviously there's no electrification so yeah, yeah. It, it's basically like having a, a diesel train they're fully refurbished it's not brand new but it's a significant capacity increase because they're four carriages they can carry a lot of people yeah definitely so um so yeah so then the, 
Right, okay, tell us about this. So we've got a diagram on screen, uh, which has, which is, is I presume, the broader sort of Welsh government strategy, is it? Or is it more about, is it the Transport for Wales sort of overriding principles? Tell us about this. So this is the uh, Wellbeing of Future Generations Act, which was introduced by the Welsh government in April 2016. So what you see on here is the seven wellbeing goals for Wales. So um, a more prosperous Wales, a more resilient Wales, healthy Wales, more equal Wales are key to communities, vibrant, uh, vibrant culture and thriving Welsh language, and globally responsible. So all public bodies in Wales have to adhere to this um, Wellbeing of Future Generations Act, and it's been a massive part of what we're doing. Um, you know, we, you know, we really, we're really pushing to kind of be the most sustainable organisation that we can be and um, meet these targets and working really closely with the Future Generations Office. Mm. So... Um, it also holds Welsh government to to account as well in terms of their decision making, and the reason I wanted to kind of bring this in, and this is just one piece of several different um, pieces of legislation that have come in. So the Environment Wales Act that was 2016, Prosperity for All, the National Strategy. Um, you can tell I'm reading off a list, I know. Um, <laughs> the Climate Emergency, which was declared uh, two years ago. So it, it's all about creating a framework where we can have a sustainable um, transport network. And it kind of guides us strategically in in focusing more on public transport. So it kind of then allows us to kind of push forward things that maybe wouldn't have happened in other parts of the country. Yeah. Or yeah, other, yeah. you know, to basically to say, you know, we have to prioritise this because it is the most sustainable way of travelling, and um, it's going to be a key part then of the the new Wales Transport Strategy, which uh, is currently out for consultation until the 25th January, if anyone wants to fill it in. But um, that will then uh, be released later this year to say what's our transport strategy going forward until 2040, so the next 20 years, um, oh, and to okay. get this focus on sustainable transport. It's Yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, the, the, the distinct lack of kind of a vision um, is, is really hampering Westminster and has been for a very long time, actually. But it, I think it's becoming ever more acutely obvious, given the current crisis, how important having a strategy is. Because, um, you know, we have several major crises at the moment. Uh, one of them is is the most vivid in everyone's mind. And I think it's really quite obvious how the lack of strategy has caused a lot of pain and suffering for a lot of people. Um, and frankly, the true is that the same is true for climate change, uh, and and it's so it's so important. And, and likewise, with tackling you know uh, inequality and, and and kind of these things, kind of the challenges we have of loneliness, all these things, without a strategy, there's no way of tackling them. So it's so important. So yeah, it's good to see that the, that these overarching strategic principles, these sort of policy principles, are are, are helping um, helping from a transport perspective. So let's go to ah. So here we have a picture of um of Swansea. Uh, Swansea station looking shiny. Tell us, tell us what's happening at Swansea yeah. for you to chuck this picture in. So basically, obviously, um, Swansea is in South Wales, generally regarded as being in South Wales. I know some people do think of it as in West Wales, but you'll know <laughs> that it's not covered by the South Wales Metro. Uh, it's because, as I said earlier, the, um, the Cardiff Capital Region is the 10 local authorities. Um, then Neathport Talbot and Swansea make up the Swansea Bay area. And that is one of the metro schemes that we're developing in the background. Uh, along with the North Wales Metro, so basically creating um, integrated public transport networks in other parts of the country. So it's not just about South Wales. Hmm. Obviously, these are a bit further behind in their development because um, South Wales Metro has been in development for ten years. 
these are slightly more recent schemes. Um, it, it, but, you know, they are going to be ambitious schemes and there's going to be lots of rail developments associated with it, uh, working with Welsh Government local authorities then to kind of um, to develop that, hopefully be able to update you very soon on yeah we had quite we did have questions about north wales and whether jobs would come out of this for north wales well yes is the answer we had other people asking about north wales north wales metro is is in development uh yeah we also had questions about electrification through to swansea i suppose that's a bit of a different question really um that's it is it within transport for wales's remit but it's kind of outside of the metro remit so we'll perhaps Pause it's a well, one, it's a Welsh, it's a Welsh government aspiration. The Welsh government yeah. has for, have an aspiration to reduce journey times between Cardiff and Swansea to thirty minutes, and electrification is part of that. It's a very challenging, um, very challenging scheme because um, the, the South Wales main line between Cardiff and Swansea is very bendy. It, it's not really been built as a full main line. It has lots of level crossings as well, which causes all sorts of problems when you come into electrification. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in partnership with Network Rail. Who continue to manage that um, to kind of understand what it is that we. It's, we it's need part to of the do. reason why it fell out of scope. Well, there are lots of reasons why, but part of the reason why it fell out of scope is because it's such a crap mainline. Once you get beyond Cardiff, it's rubbish. Like it's not a it's not a suitable intercity mainline railway. Uh, the alignment is poor in lots of places. Like just it, it, it just takes doolally do routing decisions again because it's not being designed really as a strategic railway. It's a, it was it was kind of joining. You know, coal doesn't need to arrive in any particularly timely fashion. It just needs to be reliable. So the line was pretty much acting as a pickup feeder for lots of the valleys lines right the way along the coast. It didn't need to be a strategic straight line link up between the city centres, uh, which is what it needs to be now. So yeah, it, it, part of me thinks it's not necessarily a crazy idea to have pushed electrification back pending uh, the need to do some big heavy engineering in any case yeah that's another I, th- I think the, the argument at the time from the dft was that um you could electrify the line between cardiff and swansea but it wouldn't necessarily deliver the um the the, the um, timetable benefits so you could achieve the timetable targets that they had um with bimodal trains but uh, from a tfw perspective obviously we have a couple of branch lines off that which um, feed onto that line and there are lots of um, potential new stations that could open up along that line mm. as well so th- there are lots of different kind of factors at play certainly as I said Welsh Government aspiration is for widespread electrification we're fully on board with the traction decarbonisation report the Network Rail did uh, recently we're working with them um, on future electrification projects yeah, Alex. Uh, Alex in the chat as well. Um, uh, yeah, just uh, he, he is pointing out that they're working very closely with um, with Liverpool and improving the connectivity across border with with um, Merseyside as well, which is good, you know, because it's obviously that's a major. You know, North Wales yeah. and, and Merseyside are very closely connected, so it's uh, I mean, good. Some North, good strategic Wales, thinking there. Yeah. North Wales is a really interesting place because obviously the, the, there are a lot of calls for better connectivity between North Wales and South Wales um, because historically they just haven't been there because. Um, it was never the demand there until relatively recently, but obviously there are also parts of North, uh, North Wales, such as in and around Wrexham, where they look more towards Northwest England for their connectivity and for their opportunities. You know, we have cross-border lines, the Wrexham to Bidston line, which is going to be a key part of the North Wales Metro. We have those services into Manchester as well. So, yeah, it, it's it's the North Wales Metro will be a, a cross-border project because, you know, it, it'll be focusing on those links and mm. you know Chester. Just as a classic example, it's the gateway to Wales, but it is in England. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's a major Welsh transport hub. It just happens to be on the wrong side of the border. Um, sorry, that's me just closing a packet of food that uh, that's just fallen over everyone. Just to, just to keep you in the loop there. So so that's that's a bit of chat around Swansea. Nice. So oh, I've just managed to flick back on a slide as well. Ah, right. Yeah. So we have a video which I'm going to try and cleverly sort of click in and out of when we want to kind of talk about something on the video. So, uh, yeah, the video's moving. There we are. There's a nice, nice graphic going, uh, which is great for the people in podcast form. So it's just a description of the metro, <laughs> and it looks nice. Transport for Wales is building the South Wales metro, and there we are. Um, very nice. Well, we know that. We talked about that bit. Uh, making it easier to travel by train, bus, bike, or on foot. Wait a minute. I should, I should do my best Welsh accent on this. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. Make it easier to get to work, school, your hospital appointment, or to get out and about. There, there isn't a, an odd... Oh, right, okay, so... Now you're this, this is important. So, turn, yeah, a modern turn-up-and-go service with quicker journeys. So that's important. It's, it's maintaining two ag, which is important. Um, is it, have you paused the video? I have, frozen? yeah. Oh, that's okay. Then. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. It's not frozen. I've just paused it. Um, I can click in and out of it, because then we can kind of pick up interesting things. So I want to pick up on some points. So yeah. ah, while we've got that, actually... Um, so we have uh, we've had a few questions about ticketing, um, and so while this is while these pictures of some nice trains and a, and a station are up, uh, are we gonna? Is there going to be electronic uh, season tickets that sort of thing? Uh, is there going to be like an Oyster card system? We've already started rolling out early phases of that, right? Yeah, we've we've started rolling out the smart cards and putting smart card validators on stations, which uh, are those posts that kind of stick up at the uh, over the ground with funny things on top. Um, so they've started to be used in the um, metro area. Yes, I think the long-term aspiration, or possibly not even long-term, probably uh, medium-term aspiration is for integrated ticketing um, with um, multimodal ticketing across yeah. trains and buses. Yeah, there's okay. That's good. It's multimodal ticketing. This is it. Forget mass. This is proper integrated ticketing. Very pleased about that. So yeah. here we are. There's a nice, uh, nice train here. Uh, not, not the actual one that's going to be running but it's just to do the job of the yeah it's a bit of an old graphic this part of the graphic is a bit old but yeah, this is Pont- Pontypridd this is my where I live now the what used to be the longest station platform in the world oh yeah so, it was wasn't it now it's one of the ones down in it, it's now in like the Gloucester or something like that I can't remember one of the longest yeah. ones is there I think I can't remember exactly which um, so what you're seeing now on screen is Newport City Centre and a bus coming up to Newport Station oh, it's got the funny time to say integrated it's got the um, squiggle. Oh. It's got the squiggle up here. Wait a minute. Can I? Yeah, squiggle. Yeah, I just if I touch it, it moves again. That's fine. Um, more frequently accessible for reliable services. Lovely. Um, yep. Yeah, so ah, this is the this is the important bit that I wanted to to point out. Uh, level boarding is at the bottom of our screen, which is really really critical because it needs to be level boarding needs to be part of. Uh, this is the this is the nice um this is a nice boulevard from the bay up towards the city centre. By the way, Cardiff's yep. lovely. If anyone's not been to Cardiff, uh, once. COVID's gone. Go to Cardiff. It's lovely. Um, anyway, yeah, level boarding has to be a fundamental part. It should be said explicitly because because it's such a chronic problem across the whole railway system in the UK. Uh, it's very, I'm very pleased to see level boarding being talked about explicitly. Yeah, and we'll critical. be making big step-free access improvements to stations as well. Virtually all of the stations on the Metro network will be upgraded to have step-free access. So I think the only one that doesn't is one of the ones near me, which has a subway. So, yeah, it's accessibility is a massive part of what we're doing we're putting a lot of money into that fantastic um let's keep moving so this is yeah. cardiff bay we're that was the, there's the torchwood tower thing with water on it there's some containers very nice uh there, we are. there was something what else did i sp- so yeah so 
Yeah, there's a little train. It's meant to symbolise the kind of the extension of the Bay Line, um, and yeah. then we come up to the new station that's going to be built in Boot Town. Um, so the Cardiff Bay branch, as I say, has been integrated in the Valleys network, but they're also going to be upgrades to the line itself as well, and it's going to form part of um, Cardiff Council's aspiration for the Cardiff Crossrail line as well, which is going to link up east and west Cardiff. Ooh, Cardiff Crossrail, folks. You heard it here first. Actually, you probably didn't hear it here first. But uh, anyway, there are Transprails. That, that, was, that was a nice little visualisation. Um, and that kind of quite neatly summarise, kind of uh, almost, almost, doesn't quite, almost concludes our our chat, really. Um, the only last image you've got is uh, is near my folks' house. So this is a yes. view that I'm used to, although I'm used to this being a pile of, like usually a pile of wood, whereas now it's uh, got a station in it because this is Bow Street. This is um, Bow Street in Keradigion, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this is new Bow Street. So you sent us a picture of new Bow Street station, which is exciting. These one five eight, these class one five eights are trains that I have caught an enormous number of times to and from. Actually, um, Barth is our local station. Weirdly, so we live in Talabont, just up the up the road, just up the uh, the A four eight three, and. Uh, or is the A four eight seven? Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting my. It's the eight li- seven. It's the eight seven. It is the four. The, which is just incidentally just over just over here. Uh, yeah, uh, we put, yeah, we built a new road junction there for the transport. Oh, why did you build a new road junction when there's a junction there already? I was seeing. So I saw the original plans, and I was like, oh, why did they put another road junction when there's? They could have just done a roundabout and done both next to each other. So, um, we did originally plan a roundabout, but we had to make um, design changes. So. Um, yeah, so basically, it's all going to be uh, a bus station, uh, park and ride. Um, yeah, yeah. It's going to be accessed through to the new Aberystwyth Uni campus there as well. Um, but yeah, I think that they had to do some changes to the road there because I think that road is a bit dangerous. So it, it is, but yeah. that yeah, it's the bloody highways officers. Oh, highways officers, you don't know how to do anything. Screw you. Um, no, it's it's good though. Bow Street uh, for yeah, people who live up the. Say again. Opening in February, so we're literally weeks away from weeks away. starting golf. Opening yeah. in February, that's exciting. It's um, new station. Yeah, it's 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 very exciting. Um, you know, it's it's actually quite a bit. It's quite a well used line. This bit, people do hop on and off and, and kind of move into Aberystwyth. Aberystwyth is a, when the students are there. It's got a population around twenty eight thousand, I think. So it's quite a big town. You know, it's it's a large town, and people do filter in and out from from you know Bow Street and. Uh, Talabont and Barth, particularly Barth, actually. Um, what's funny about Bow Street, though, is that anyone at the other end of Bow Street has about like a half-hour walk to get to the station because <laughs> Bow Street's yeah. a very long village. So, it, so this station's at the other end because it, it, it makes sense because it's on the side where the 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 old um, Iger ca- uh, campus is, so where the kind of the the Institute of Biological Sciences uh, kind of campus is this end so it does kind of make sense but potentially it means maybe there's going to be a, you know a chance for another station uh at the other end as well in um through through like uh Thandra or, or just a bit further up that'd be nice so uh you know th- there's th- there's the next one to plan is uh is Thandra station just just a bit further up uh yeah i mean we're looking at so many different options for stations at the moment there's lots of um... The challenge, the challenge with lines like this is that every new station you you, you introduce adds uh, adds quite a lot of extra time to the timetable, yes. and that is the ultimate challenge because the, you're you're having to deliver. It's very difficult to to justify um, increasing journey times. So that's it's like an eternal challenge. Uh, yeah, there's another stage. You want to increase the increase the station, uh, sorry, the service frequency up to hourly, which will be done um, once the new rolling stock comes in. We'll have an, an hourly frequency between Shrewsbury and Aberystwyth. It'd be great yeah. for Bow Street. Mm. But um, 
it does mean that we're a bit tighter because a lot of the the line you can see here is single track so yeah you are constrained with with capacity and i think carno uh, station um i think that just is a is a future aspiration i believe it got a little bit of funding in the most recent round or was certainly allocated for future funding um so that's going to be an extra station on that line anyway yeah i've got to be careful so, yeah, what i say about that because uh, i have been working on that or have have touched on that particular station so yeah uh, it is it is it is a vague reality that's probably all i can say there we are um anyway uh yes so bow street it's exciting uh (laughs) thanks yeah thanks thanks james for going through that that's been brilliant um anything else you want any 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 anything else you want to say while we have the bow street picture up this last 158 just thank you for having me (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I hope I've covered that enough in enough um, detail, uh, not being too vague as well. So um, no, no, that's great. Well, we've hopefully we've hopefully suitably audio described for our people who watch this in podcast form. So uh, uh, yeah, thanks to all those who are listening in podcast form. Uh, again, I don't know how successful this was, but you know we'll see. Um, uh, and as ever, the, the kind of the standard stuff really. Patreon support me on Patreon to make more of this. Um, uh, and if you don't fancy a regular subscription, then you can chuck me pennies at PayPal. That's that's quite nice as well. Um, oh, I need to do my tax returns actually, so that that's something I need to remember to do. Note to self. Um, and also come onto the Discord where all sorts of things happen. You know, we've got twenty technical channels, careers channels, uh, channels about uh, you know uh, the you know keeping up on the news and, and a safety space. But also there's a whole channel dedicated to making me appear on top of things in meme form. Uh, thanks everyone for that. Really, really great. Um, so yeah, so come onto the Discord, gathdenstock.uk slash Discord, and you'll find your way on there. And then have to deal with people memeing my stupid face. Um, James, the Clan Project. Tell us about the Clan Project. This is um, what I get up to in my spare time. So I'm the media and publicity officer for the Clan Project. We're building a British Railways Standard Six class, the Clan class. Um, only 10 of them were ever built because they were meant to be like a scaled down version of Britannia. They were going to build more uh, and then be our modernization plan happened. So everything got cancelled. Um, they generally ran uh, on those routes where you needed powerful engines, but light engines. So the, the classic one that I get remembered for is the Stranraer boat trains. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it makes it an ideal loco for mainline operation in the 21st century. If you are indeed into kettles as I am. Um, so, <laughs> If anyone's interested, here's the website. Um, we're making great progress at the moment. Um, the frames are done. The Oh, yeah, I've um, got a picture, actually. Here we are. There's a picture. Yeah, here we are. So this is being built in Sheffield uh, with our partner, CTL Seal, who are also building the Sandringham, um, which is now have Rod Stewart as their patron. Oh, crikey. Yeah, nice. they're, they're making good progress as well. So you can see that we've done all the front end, the frames, the cab. Um, but now we need... Um, lots of money to kind of fill that big gap where the boiler should be and where the bits and pieces should be so we're doing a big fundraising drive at the moment um so So, yeah if anyone's interested please check us out uh on the clanproject.org yeah the clanproject.org go head head there uh show your support if you can uh nice one um yeah so so okay it's back to my plugs again now so what, what have we got so first of all um uh, very very quick if you're wanting to if you've been keeping up with the stream where I, I build railways then you can do that and there'll be another one on friday there are so many and they last forever and people i think it's like slow tv people just put it on in the background and get on with their life but um yeah that so that'll be up on friday you can, you can catch up uh what else 
Uh, oh yes, a reminder that it's nice. Uh, there it is, this Connell Bridge. <laughs> Watch Tim's show. It's out on um, it's out on on Tuesday night, eight pm Tuesday nights. Uh, next week is the first one. Um, you'll see me, I think, a, a bit later on in, in, in some episodes later on. So tune in. And yes, we might well have Tim joining us again to talk about it. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, that should be nice. Um, oh, it's quite. It's a, it's a rather beautiful spot. This. I'm looking forward to seeing what some of their drone footage includes. It's going to be stunning. I'm I'm excited. Oh, and next week, next week, uh, episode 45 of Rail Natter. Bloody hell, 45 of these. It's incredible. We're going to have a page turn through the um, National Infrastructure Commission's stupid strategic rail links report. Um, it was a mess. There are some good things in there, so we'll hopefully pick some of those out. But it'll give us a chance to talk through it, have a look at the detail. Um, have an understanding of uh, of why this thing has got it so wrong, and generally talk about the failures in Britain's wider railway transport uh, strategy, which is is good after this episode because we've seen where there are successes in 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 devolution when it comes to transport, and how on a national level we just are failing time and time again. So that should be fun. Uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna press this button here. James, you're back. We're both back next to each other. I'm going to wave around my Wacom pen. Thanks, Ella, for convincing me that Wacom's a good idea. Everyone's been like, why is he sketching on the screen so much? It's because I've got this thing. Because I can scribble around on this. I can't do it now because it's, 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 we're not looking at that. James, that's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we've only run on 26 minutes late. Actually, 20 minutes late because we started five Very minutes good. late. So I don't think we're doing I mean, too You bad, did a great though. job of managing me because I will sit here and talk about <laughs> railway network of South Wales in enormous detail for four hours if, if you let me so no, we, great. I was going to say this is for everyone in the discord that you can just if, if you want that to happen just convince uh, you know just go into the discord and we'll all be chatting away about it it'll continue in the discord for forever forever and ever um, no that's been great James thanks so much for that um, uh, I, I, oh, people are warning that I'll be in a mood next week because of the report no I'm, I'm going to start with the green party thing to get me in a, in a, in a happy mood uh, and then I'll be angry about the Anyway, uh, James, it only remains for us to sort of say cheerio, everyone, I think. Uh, yeah, cheerio, cheerio, cheerio.